Everybody, welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. This is First Amendment Friday, and uh, I'll be taking your questions and your comments. In fact, got some big announcements coming up, probably more toward the end of this month about changes in the program and so forth, uh, but uh, some exciting things are happening. Uh, want to um, uh, let you know that I will be at my church on Sunday at 11 a.m. for our worship service. That's 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, the Deep Creek section of Chesapeake. Come on by and visit with us. We'd love to see you there. And uh, as I've said before, on Friday, we make a special appeal for your giving. We really appreciate all of you who have contributed to this program, contributed to all that we're doing we are on several media outlets. We're looking to expand to more. Um, and we've got, of course, a lot of work to do to, to get things up to exactly where we want them to be and then to keep, keep improving. We try to operate here on the Awakening Network by standard of excellence always. That's what we're striving for. Uh, we don't always quite reach our, our standard, but we are never satisfied until we get there. So thank you for your support. You can give several ways. You can give to at bishopewjackson.tv, bishopewjackson.tv. In fact, I'll just send you there because bishopewjackson.tv is, is, is probably the best place to give to help all of our, our video and live streaming and television ministry. Uh, so you can do that. And um, uh, please, by all means, tune in. Live streaming every Sunday morning at uh, about 11.20 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, live streaming every day here at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Wisdom Awakening. Live streaming at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for American Family Radio. And we have our television program, our national television program that is on Gospel Truth TV with Andrew Walmack Ministries is on the Christian Television Network in the Tampa Bay, Florida area, and is on National Religious Broadcasters, NRB TV, at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday night. For the others, you have to forgive me. I just, I've lost track of when I'm on, but I'm on. <laughs> so you can also check us out on Roku, on Fire Stick. We are there under the Awakening Network. So there are many, many ways to, to get a hold of what we're doing, to be a part of it. Oh, and we also have an app, uh, an app that, here again, it, it, we're, we're working on the app, but the app is there, and you can, you can certainly use the app to access other things. I think right now we've got a couple of things that are down on the app, but we're working on that. We've got we to gotta redo the app as a result of some technical issues that we ran into. So, like I said, we, we, but we are constantly striving to excellence, and your support is very much appreciated. And I, would, I would always recommend that you sign up. Um, we call them vision partners for, the, for the, the, um, the video ministry, the TV ministry, vision partners. But you can always sign up to be a partner with a monthly donation because that really helps us. Uh, we've got about 225 uh, right now, our goal is 500. That's where we want to get to. I'd love to get there by the end of the year. That's going to take a major breakthrough to do that. But if you're not a Patriot partner right now or you're not a Vision partner right now, sign up for a monthly recurring donation. As little as $5, 10 15 20 25 Our monthly donors go from as little as literally $5 a month to as high as $1,000 a month. 
And so anywhere in between, we would love to have you be a partner with us. Really, in a sense, my partners are the ones who make what we do possible. Let me say that again. My partners are the ones who make what we do possible. The people who give consistently. Uh, some of them give annually. Some of them give monthly. But those people who, who are consistent supporters of what we do are the lifeblood of this ministry, the lifeblood of what we do. So, so I, I would love to invite you. I'd love to have you be a part of that, become one of our partners, okay? And here again, you can do that through thecall.org. You can do that through standamerica.us, or you can do it through bishopewjackson.tv, okay? All right, thank you so much. Uh, we've had quite a week, haven't we? Whew, quite a week. And then there's this issue of the attack on the FBI office. Um, let, me, let me just say this, uh, just, just to get this out there. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be said probably to you, but you never know who's watching. I'm always amazed to find out who's watching me. Um, and most of the time, these are people who are supporters with their heads on straight, but occasionally, you know, we are watched by people who don't like what I stand for, don't necessarily agree with me, or aren't quite all there. Committing acts of violence against FBI agents, FBI officers, law enforcement officers is not the way to solve these problems. That is trying to fight evil with evil. The Bible condemns it says we are not to do it. And I just want to make clear that as much as I may rail against the unlawful and corrupt behavior of people in public office, and as much as I may rail against the anti-Christian bigotry and the conservative persecution that we see even coming out of our government, violence is not the answer. It is not the way. It is not the solution. Okay. And so I don't anyone, want anybody to ever listen to me and feel like I, in some sense, spurred them to go out and commit some act of violence, to go out and try to kill an FBI agent or go out and try to attack an FBI headquarters or something like that, because I am categorically, unequivocally opposed to such behavior. I condemn it without equivocation. It is not the way. It is not going to help the cause of freedom, and, and prosperity and opportunity uh, and hope for this country. In fact, it will subvert those very values. It will plunge us further into the darkness that the left is trying to push upon us. So let me just get that out there uh, for the record. So to just, just to be clear and unequivocal about this, and I don't say this because I'm trying to protect my rear end. I say this because I mean it. That is my heart. You cannot glorify God through inglorious means. And I know to some extent it puts us at, 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 uh, at, at an apparent disadvantage with the evil because evil people will do anything. I mean, that's what we're dealing with right now. The left, the Democrat Party, they'll do anything. I mean, they'll lie, steal, cheat. They don't get upset when, when violence is committed against a conservative. 
only when it's committed against one of them. Then, or, or it's, it's some kind of racial thing. Oh, yeah. If someone were to kill me today, they, they would celebrate. They would, they would celebrate it. That's not who we are. Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who, despite, who spitefully use you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven who makes the rain to fall and the sun to shine on the good and the evil, the just and the unjust. That's who we are. Okay, we are not them. We're operating at a higher level. They think they're morally superior, but they just kind of make up a morality that they want. We don't consider ourselves morally superior, <clears throat> but we do understand, <clears throat> excuse me, we do understand that the standards, <clears throat> that the standards of morality are not what we make up. They're what God has commanded. And we don't get to make it up as we go along, which is what the left does. And then pat themselves on the back at how, oh, look, we're saving you from climate change. We're going to take away all your freedom. We'll take away all your property. We'll take away any comfort that you have. We'll destroy your prosperity. Uh, we may even destroy your life, but it's worth it because we're creating such a wonderful world. Um, so let's, let's always take the high road, as Dr. King said, the high road of moral excellence. Let's always operate on that highway. Okay. And, and then we can stand before God in good conscience, having fought the good fight of faith, not the evil fight of resort to the very tactics of the people whose ideas and values we must defeat. We are not sinking into the abyss with them in order to defeat them. We don't have to. They're already defeated, whether you know it or not. They're already defeated. They just don't know it. I know it. You know it. We know it. They're already defeated. It's not a matter of if or whether. It's only a matter of when. Some of that defeat is, is going to be eternal. Some of that defeat is going to happen in the here and now. But, but no matter which way you slice it, no matter which way you cut it, they've already lost. They're just too spiritually blind to know it. And we've already won. Let's just make sure that we continue to imbue ourselves with the wisdom of God so that we always know it. We are victors, not victims. We are conquerors, more than conquerors, not the conquered. We are the, 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 the champions, not the, not the, the, the uh, ignominious uh, footnotes uh, of those who couldn't withstand the fire and the, and the, and the pressure and the and the pain and the sacrifice. No, we, we are, we are above, not beneath the head, not the tail. So just wanted to, to get that, get that out there. That's, that's the way, as they say today, that's the way we roll. 
the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought to unto obedience to Jesus Christ. All right. Let's, let's get to the word of God. And actually, I, I'm, I want to pause. Oh, by the way, because it is First Amendment Friday, I want to remind everybody, E.W. Jackson at EWJackson.com. If you have any questions that you want to uh, make, uh, questions you want to ask or comments you want to make, E.W. Jackson at EWJackson.com. I will check about five minutes before the end of the program to see whether there are any questions and respond to those. But in the meantime, let's let's take a little bit more time. Let's to 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 get into the word here. Um, and we're picking up at chapter three of First Thessalonians, chapter three, and it says in verse one, "Therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone, and sent Timothy." our brother and minister of God and our fellow labor in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Now, when we can no longer endure what being away from you, being away from you, Paul says, we wanted to come to you. This is in the 18th verse of the second chapter. We wanted to come to you, even I, Paul time and again, but Satan hindered us. Then he said, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, in other words, I couldn't get to you, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Wow. I could talk about that verse for quite some time. I don't have as much time as I could talk about it, but you know what that verse is really getting at to me. It's getting at transition and legacy. No person, not the Apostle Paul, only Jesus Christ, of course, can do all things, but no other person other than Jesus himself is able to meet the needs that people have alone. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. You're not here long enough. And therefore, Part of our responsibility is to disciple other people to carry on the legacy that God has given us to be passed on to others. Remember Paul said, I think it's in 2 Timothy 2, 2, where God says the things that you've known and heard of me among, with, with, through the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul saying to Timothy, the things that you have heard and known of me among many, heard, heard and seen of me among many witnesses, the same commit to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. It's about legacy. It's about transition. It's about understanding you and I have a limited time on this earth and we want to make sure that what God has deposited in us is passed on to others, deposited into them to pass on to others until Jesus comes. And Paul is saying, I couldn't do what I wanted to do, but I sent Timothy. He calls him here our brother and minister, fellow laborer, but he often calls him his son in the ministry. And you know, 
when you get to my age in life, well, long before, presumably, you think a lot about legacy. You think a lot about, I do at least, who am I going to pass this on to? Who is my heir apparent? Who, who or my heirs apparent? Who is going to carry on what God has given me, what God has started in me? And how do I assure that, that there is something worth carrying on? That someone else can step in? And I think this is what this scripture is really getting at. You can't do it all. I can't do it all. We're not big enough. We're not strong enough. We're not going to be here long enough to do everything that needs to be done. There have to be others that can step in and assist. And in fact, I'll tell you something. Uh, one of the things I've struggled with, and frankly, this is throughout my career because I'm an A personality and I tend to bite off more than I can chew because I can do everything until it's time to do it all. And then I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I have been praying a lot about um, finding more people who can come alongside me, asking God to send me more people who can come alongside me in order to expand my bandwidth and in order to, to learn what I do and how I do it so that what I do and how I do it is passed on to someone else. I, 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 I'm a living witness, and I've got a lot of energy. I know I do. I always have. Um, and I, I can be like an energizer bunny, even at my age. I have to force myself to stop because I'll just keep going. <laughs> um, but I have also learned that that's not healthy, that you simply can't build a lasting legacy that way. You've got to pour into others. And, you know, Jesus said the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into the harvest. So I want to ask you all to pray for me right now uh, and ongoing that the Lord would send more people to help me to do what God has called me to do. Because one day I will no longer be here to do it. And God will be calling those other people who have learned from me and who've been deposited into by me to do what I'm doing or some version of it. And you know, I really believe as, as the Apostle Paul writes this under the unction of the Holy Spirit, he is so grateful that he knows he can't be everywhere. He can't get everywhere. He can't do everything. But he's got a fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, he says, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Third verse says that no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. In other words, just because I can't, that shouldn't be taken as some sign that, you know, we're losing or that God is not helping us. He says, don't be shaken by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. In other words, the apostle Paul is saying, I was placed in this battle and the devil is going to fight me. 
The Bible says many of the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. So don't, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised because something goes wrong because I mean, you know, oh my goodness. I've said many times it's popcorn theology, horrible theology to think, well, if God is really in it, you won't have those problems. Now, if God is really in it and you're going to have problems. And God's going to walk you through those problems and see you through those problems. But God is really in it and you're going to have problems. We were appointed to these afflictions. Because they that are righteous are going to be persecuted in a whole variety of ways. But thank God that there are others when you are stopped short for whatever reason who can carry on. And that's what Timothy is doing here. Paul says, I'm not in a position to come to you, but Timothy is coming. So the ministry is going forward. Even though I can't do this particular thing personally, someone else can. He can encourage you. He can establish you. Fourth verse says, for in fact, we are told before we, in fact, we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened. And you know, of course, Jesus said in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. If you are a Christian and you've never suffered any kind of persecution or problem for your faith, you're not doing it right. I mean that. Being a Christian comes with persecution. And in fact, we're living in an age where Christians are probably going to suffer more persecution in the United States of America, and for that matter, around the world, than ever before. Probably in the history of the church, other than maybe the early church, when, we, when, when the church was first born and the Holy Spirit was first poured out. Because, look, we are moving toward the Great Tribulation. And while the Great Tribulation is a specific period, which I believe, I do not believe we are going to go through, I believe that the circumstances leading up to the Great Tribulation are going to be worse and worse and worse and worse. That's what Jesus said. He said, like a woman in travail, like a woman in birth pains. The contractions are bigger and closer and bigger and closer and bigger and closer. And we are already in those last days. We haven't begun the great tribulation, but it's coming. And Christians in this world are going to suffer persecution because of the times that we live in. And because, of course, we just live, we live in a fallen world anyway. But we live in a world that Jesus said will get worse and worse. Said so, so we told you that beforehand, you know. Look, some of you have, have, in fact, quite a few people have suggested that I run for president of the United States. And, you know, I'm always complimented by that, that people would think that well of me, to think I could, I could lead this nation. Um, but, you know, whenever I hear that, one of the things that always comes to mind is, whew, I know what they did to me when I ran to, for lieutenant governor, the way they 
scoured through my background and twisted things and made accusations against me that were completely and totally false. Tried to, to destroy my character, my reputation, twisted the words I'd written in my book to mean things that I didn't say or, or mean. And I thought, well, if I would have run for president and I, and, and I had a campaign that really gained some traction, what in the world would they say about me? What would they try to concoct about me? What would they try to find in my past to dig up from my high school days or, or elementary school days? But then I think, you know what? It comes with the territory, doesn't it? Because as Christians, that's what we deal with. The devil is always looking for a way to disparage us, to discredit us, to marginalize us, to destroy us. It's not a matter of, well, that might happen. No, it's going to happen. Particularly if you are active and outspoken for the things of God, it comes with the territory. But what did Jesus say? Blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. Wow, I've got to finish this fifth verse and then I'm going to check for questions. It says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain. You know, I, I love this. The primary purpose of our Christian faith, the primary purpose of our walk with God is to love him and to love people. It is not about fame. It is not about fortune. It is not about notoriety. It is not about popularity. It is not about influence. It is not about power. It is not about any of those things that unfortunately get associated with ministry. And I think some people get caught up in. It's not about the size of your church. It's about loving people and having an impact on their lives. And here the Apostle Paul is saying, my main concern is what's happening with you because I know the tempter is after you and I don't want the labor that I've put into you and the progress that you've made in Christ Jesus to be in vain. I said, these are pastoral epistles he is always thinking about the flock, thinking about the people. And that's really the heart of a shepherd. Thinking about others and, and what's happening with them. What's, what's going on with their lives? How can you help them? How can you bless them? I, look, folks, and, and I, I'm not trying to pretend to be some sort of super saint or anything like that. Because I told you, people like that, I don't trust. <laughs> you know, people think, yes. Why can't you all be like me? I'm so great. Woo, watch those folks. They're dangerous. Um, who, under the guise of Christianity, you know. So believe me, I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. If you really know Jesus Christ, there's no way in the world you can't have a heart for people. Because we are who he died for.
He is our creator. The kingdom, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. He didn't say, I'm going to prepare a place for myself so I can live large. <laughs> he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come back and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. It's about us. It's about people. And that's the heart. That's the heart of Jesus. And it's got to be the heart of any pastor. It's got to be the heart of any Christian. And I'll, I'll say this and then I'll, I'll check for questions. And if there are none, I'll dismiss. There's nothing that moves me more. Then I get emotional thinking about it right now. than watching a person get up out of their seat in church to walk to the front and surrender their lives to Jesus Christ. That's to me, that's bigger than a program where you're speaking to 5,000 people. It's bigger than being on television. It's bigger than, I mean, it's just bigger than anything because you know that that life has been saved from hell and fundamentally transformed and is now positioned to live a fulfilled life through the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I've experienced that and I want that for every single person. I want it for my enemies. I want it for Joe Biden. I want it for Barack Obama. I want it for every single human being on earth because that's how God thinks. Since he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to life. And so ministering to people, being a blessing to people, that's what this is, this life is ultimately all about. That's why I fight so hard for this country. As I think I said to you yesterday, it is the people. It's not Pikes Peak. It's not the Grand Canyon. It's not the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Beautiful, wondrous sights but it's the people. Let me check and see if there are any questions. I, I'm, I'm going to stop the message there because I think that that's, that's a great point to stop on. And I see no questions in my, in my box. And so let me just check one more place to be very, very sure. Uh, and so we're going to end the program with that. Look, have an absolutely wonderful weekend. Relax, get some rest, maybe do a few guys, maybe do a few repairs around the house or women, if you do, you do some of that too. <laughs> Go to church, fellowship with the saints of God, hear a word of God that will bless your heart, that will encourage you. I'm in the book of Revelation. I'm about to start Revelation chapter four. So we've finished the last seven letters. I mean, the seven letters, of the seven churches. Now we're about to start on some, some new meat in the book of Revelation. So I'm very excited about that. That's what I'll be teaching on on Sunday. And uh, look, I'll just tell you in advance, please tune in next week. We're going to show some best of. I am going to get some rest and spend some time with my beautiful granddaughter, my wife and I. But we will be back after that and I'll be right here back again with you live. Uh, there are some things coming up. We're going to make some changes in the program and some adjustments, but I'm going to be here. 
because I'm going to, I, I'm in this until the Lord calls me home. I'm never retiring. I don't believe in it. I'm not knocking people who retire. I say, no, it's reti you retire from one thing to do something else. Christians don't retire. <laughs> we, we, we might give up a work a day job, but then we go into other things that we do for the Lord. So I'm not retiring. I'm already working for the Lord. So I don't have to retire from that. And I'm not going to. I'm looking to do more, not less. I'm looking for the last 20, maybe 30 years of my life to be the, the most productive of all the time I've had on earth. Because everything God has taught me, all the wisdom, all the experiences, I think can now come together to make me the most effective I've ever been in life. So I'm not, I'm not looking to slow down. I, I'm looking to speed up. <laughs> so, so you all pray for me. Uh, but look, I do believe in rest. I want you to get yours. I'm going to get some next week and I'll be back with you after that. In the meantime, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.